Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. Somehow, God is in me, and there's a sense in which I am like God and man all at once. Many religions claim that we will all eventually be gods. The Bible says something so much better. It says, no, God will continue to be God. Man will continue to be man, but God will come upon man. No way! It's time for Wretched Radio with Tom Friel. I can believe God as long as I want to. If I want to believe God for a $65 million plane, you cannot stop me. You cannot stop me from dreaming. <laughs> wow, this is the Wretched Radio. Uh, that, of course are the dulcet tones of one Creflo Dollar. If there were a Mount Rushmore of prosperity hacks, his face would be on it. Next to Benny Hinn's, T.D. Jakes, and, of course, Ken Copeland, one of his mentors. Recently, Creflo Dollar making big news on social media because it appears he's repented. In fact, I'm looking at a YouTube clip that says Creflo Dollar repents of teaching tithing for today. Did Creflo really repent? Is what you're about to hear the sound of a man who has a broken heart and a contrite spirit? This is the new Creflo dollar. I'm going to ask you some questions. I want you to think. Those of you at home, I want you to think. Is tithing a part of the Mosaic law? Yes. Yes, it's a part of the Levitical. Tithing is a part of the Mosaic law, right? Well, first fruit is a part of the law, too. Next question. I got to tell you, these pauses, he, he preaches for an hour, but if he took out all the pauses, it would be about a 15-minute sermon. Get to it, Creflo! The scripture says if you're going to do something by the law rather than doing it by faith, then then operating by the law makes your faith void and the promise unnecessary. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Is it possible that your stance on the law of tithing is the reason why you can't get blessed. Creflo is about to explain that he's discovered the tithing formula that he has been imposing on people is not biblical. Instead, it should just be grace giving. That is actually a good change for him. But did you see the little card trick that just took place right there? You see, if you aren't being blessed, maybe it's because you're not giving the right way. See, I used to tell you to give this way and you'll get blessed, but maybe you're not getting blessed because you're not giving the giving the new way that I'm teaching about giving. Sorry to be a little bit skeptical of his confession, but as you're going to hear, while he does recant his position on the prosperity teachings that have allowed him to live a lavish lifestyle for decades. He is nowhere near repentant. Ah, I know that made me sound like I'm just lost my mind. But if you do something by the law, the promise is voided.
Again with the pauses. Now, see, the only thing that's got you with other years right now, because I've been teaching and everybody in the world been teaching forever no. on this traditional way of giving and wouldn't dare say what I just said because they don't know what else to say because they don't understand grace based giving. Well, Creflo, the truth is some of us do understand it and many of us have been teaching it correctly for years. It is only Creflo and those of his, uh, that's right, I'm going to say ilk, have wrongly taught give to get. That's been his message. The Christian biblical understanding of giving is we give because we've gotten. We've already been given everything. We have Jesus. Now we give out of the abundance of the heart. And there have been oodles of people who have taught that for millennia. The pauses. <sighs> I know I'm right about it. I've been believing this for a long time. I'm just trying to figure out how to tell y'all. <laughs> well, actually, he started telling people about this months ago. And that's instructive because as we will see from 2 Corinthians 7, which happens to be right on its way to 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, the two chapters that are most definitive about grace giving, Creflo is been doing this teaching now for at least at least 90 days. He's had plenty of time to make things right, and he hasn't done that. So I'm sorry that I'm not like clicking my heels and jumping for joy that Creflo has changed his tune on tithing. I fear that he might just be changing his tune so that he can use a new tithing teaching for more prosperity for himself. Sorry, I know that's a little bit cynical, but this man has not demonstrated the fruit of repentance. He's still in his big house. He still flies his private jets. He still drives around in a Rolls Royce and probably multiple. That is not the sign of a man who is genuinely repentant. Oh, the pauses. You know, there's got to be something manipulative about that. This has got to be some sort of a tactic. I'm... I am this fount of biblical wisdom, and I'm just slowly revealing it to you because it's so profound what I have to say. Hey, Creflo, welcome to the Grace Giving Club. If Paul is the standard by which the preaching of the grace is to be measured and judged, then we must examine what and how he taught on finances, how what and how he taught on prosperity, and what and how he taught on giving. If we examine his writings closely, there are many grace truths to be learned in this area. Now, I know y'all think about a lot of things. Well, Abraham tithed, but there was no law requiring him to tithe. He did it out of his heart. He could have gave 15%. He gave a tenth of his spoils out of his heart. There was no requirement for him to do it. There was no law at that time for, of tithing. 
This was 400 years before the law was given, 400 some years before the law was given. So he didn't do it because he was required to, like most churches to all teach us. <laughs> you okay? He's one of the leaders of this teaching. It pains me, however, to say that he's, he's got his observations about Abraham Wright. Abraham revealed what is the biblical theme regarding money. We give what we want, not what we are commanded via a tithe. Please recall in the Old Testament, there were multiple tithes. It was never just 10%. It was 23 and a third percent. It's better to think of those tithes as taxes because they were used for the running of the nation, for providing for the poor and taking care of the priests, the ceremonial system. The tithe of the Old Testament was never 10. It was 23 and a third percent, and it was for... Israel, not as a joyful gift to God. Abraham joyfully gave to God because he wanted to. <sighs> Creflo's got that part right. He did it because it flowed out of his heart, because he started looking at what God has done. And he said, what can I do? to bless he that has already blessed me. And out of his heart, he says, I know I'll give a tenth of all of my spoils. And with no law and no requirement, he did it. And then we took what Abram did and turned it and made it a part of the law. Mm, you did that, Creflo. Of Moses. Um, our pauses. Okay, today is June 1st. You say your name. <laughs> the pause was so long, a commercial actually kicked in. <laughs> you got to love the new YouTube, don't you? Creflo Dollar has stumbled into a correct understanding of tithing. But the question remains, is he a repentant man? How would we know? Might I suggest to you our understanding of what manifests itself as genuine biblical repentance is laid out for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, where Paul, in verse 10, identifies two types of repentance. There's the, mm, nuts! I don't like the consequences for my bad decisions. That's a Judah, Judas Esau type of repentance. That is a worldly sorrow. Paul contrasts that with a godly sorrow that sounds a lot more like David against you and you only have I sinned and done that which is evil in your sight. Then in verse 11 of chapter 7 of 2 Corinthians, Paul unpacks seven signs of genuine biblical repentance. We're going to continue listening to Creflo Dollar after... We do a commercial. <laughs> there I was judging YouTube and we're going to... And we will see if Creflo's newfound understanding of tithing is a mere recanting or a genuine repenting. Next on Wretched Radio. 
Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Masters Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. So what do you get when you mix a group of Gen Z college students and a group of biblical experts together with 2,000-year-old questions? Well, of course, you get Road Trip to Truth. John Fabares has hit the road on a quest to find answers to life's biggest questions like environmentalism, social Darwinism, the deadly impact of pornography, and the dangers of agnosticism. Those are just a few of the topics covered in Season 2 of Road Trip to Truth, which is available now at roadtriptotruth.org. Season 1 is also available along with study guides for each season and a homeschool curriculum. Road Trip to Truth helps your children better understand questions from the world from a biblical perspective and it will help you learn how to witness more effectively to this generation. So grab your copy of Season 1 and 2 of Road Trip to Truth at roadtriptotruth.org. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Thanks to our partners, we were able to create channels of food supplies from neighboring countries of Moldova and Romania. Over 45 tons of non-perishable food supplies were brought in and delivered to thousands of people for small towns and cities that suffered from the war. That is our dear brother Max from the Tomorrow Clubs in Ukraine continuing to preach the gospel, opening up kids clubs where they can and because of the war, providing resources, providing food and shelter and prayer and of course, the gospel to people who are in need. If you have never considered supporting Tomorrow Clubs, this might be the right time. You are needed in Ukraine. Tomorrow Clubs will do the work. They will take care of the distribution. They just need the resources. Would you please consider providing them? TomorrowClubs.org slash wretched. Know your reformers. John Whitcliffe, called the Morning Star of the Reformation, was a professor at Oxford in the 1300s who preached against papal authority in matters of doctrine, politics, and church practice. After his death, his bones were dug up, burned, and spread over the river. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I, um, I want to start off by saying to you that I'm still growing and that the teachings that I've shared in times past on the subject of tithing were not correct. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is Wretched Radio. That was Creflo Dollar in a recent sermon series, apparently repenting 
of his false teaching known as the prosperity gospel. Please recall, hundreds of millions of dollars have been given by poor, sick, weak, dying, fearful people so that this man can live in a 17,000-square-foot home, fly around in private jets, have multiple Rolls-Royce's, and he now is saying all of that stuff that I taught you to bilk you out of millions, uh, it wasn't exactly correct. The question is, is this a repentant Creflo dollar? How would we know? 2 Corinthians 7 helps us by citing seven marks of genuine repentance. Paul lays them out for us as markers so that when we hear a false teacher like Creflo Dollar, we can say, all right, is he genuinely repentant? Please note, he started teaching what you are hearing two years ago. He hasn't sold his jet. He hasn't sold his home. He has not sold his cars. He has not returned fourfold to anyone like Zacchaeus did when he was repentant. Creflo Dollar is changing his tune, and I fear that his tune is just another scheme to continue to stay wealthy. But let's start with an understanding of what the Bible teaches about genuine biblical repentance. 2 Corinthians 7, Paul lays out the seven marks. And as you hear this, you're going to go, what do those words mean? Then you're going to look down to your footnotes in your MacArthur Study Bible to understand them. Isn't that a blessing to be able to do that? Our brothers and sisters in the Philippines don't have that blessing, so we're working with the Master's Academy International to send thousands of MacArthur Study Bibles to our brothers and sisters in the Philippines who can't afford any Bible. Can you imagine reading a verse like 2 Corinthians 7.11 and not having the footnote blessing that you and I have? Learn more at wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible. Here are the seven marks of genuine repentance. What clearing of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication. What in the world are those words telling us? Let's look down at our footnotes. The word diligence is better translated earnestness. I'm going to pursue righteousness here. I'm serious about this. I'm a different man. What clearing of yourselves, a desire to clear one's name, of the stigma that accompanies sin. The repentant sinner restores the trust and confidence of others by making his genuine repentance known, by making his repentance known. Not, I've got a little correction to make. You make your repentance known. Indignation, often associated with righteous indignation, leads to anger over one's sin, displeasure at the shame it has brought to the Lord's name and his people. In other words, you throw dirt on your donkey. Oh, woe is me, you sit in sackcloth and ashes. That's genuine repentance. Indignation, righteous indignation, holy anger, fear, a reverence toward God. In other words, you would be recognizing, I have been one of the worst prosperity teachers on the planet. I now fear God. I'm out of ministry, effective this second. That hasn't happened. Vehement desire, a yearning, refers to the desire of the repentant sinner to restore the relationship with the one who was sinned against. Hundreds of thousands of people have given to this man so that he can live lavishly. If he were like Zacchaeus, genuinely repentant, he would be giving it back. He's been teaching this new view on tithing now for two years. He hasn't given anything back. 
To be clear in this matter, the essence of repentance is aggressive pursuit of holiness. That is what genuine biblical repentance is. Let's listen and see if Creflo Dollar exhibits those seven marks. And today I stand in, in humility to correct some things that I've taught for years and believed for years. Mm, I need to correct some things because I, I wasn't correct. That is not genuine repentance. Woe is me. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. I've gone to the Lord for cleansing. Would you please forgive me? And please see the man sitting at the table next to me because he's got a checkbook with my name on it. And he will be writing you a check for the money that I've stolen from you in the past. But could never understand it clearly because I had not yet been confronted with the gospel of grace. I'm not aware of any other type of gospel. (laughs) This is the first time. You've heard about the gospel of grace. You've been confused on the law-gospel distinction for decades. Which has made the difference. I won't apologize because if it wasn't for me going down that route, I would have never ended up where I am right now. Ah, I won't apologize. That is the bare minimum of biblical repentance. Is this man genuinely repentant? You be the judge. And I'm really sorry, because when I initially heard this, I thought, okay, okay, let's just hope that maybe Creflo is on the right track. But then I dove into some of his sermons on the subject because he's been delivering a series. And I'm afraid, and I'm sorry for being cynical, but this is just his latest scam. This is his latest way to maintain his lavish lifestyle. Historically, he taught, give 10% and you're going to get blessed. Now, what you're going to hear is, if you give out of the abundance of your heart, which is correct biblical giving, then you're going to get blessed. Uh Uh-oh. Is Creflo up to a new scheme so that people will actually give more than 10%? And then, by faith, get the promise. Uh Aha. Give, then get the promise. I can only teach at the time what I knew. Now I'm, I got enough boldness and guts to go against the flow of everybody else. Not everybody else, just you and your prosperity buddies. I'm not afraid to stand alone or by myself because I have evidence and proof throughout the entire year of 2020. I never won. Uh, before he gives you his proof. From 2020, did that sound like repentance to you? Listen to what he just said. If you now give out of the abundance of your heart, you're going to get stuff. And then by faith, get the promise. Mm -hmm. I could only teach at the time what I knew. Look, I didn't know about this 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 business. I didn't know that you're not supposed to impose percentages on people. <laughs> Come on. Now I'm, I got enough boldness and guts to go against the flow of everybody else. Mm, he's got boldness and guts. That's not genuine repentance. Genuine repentance is brokenness, contriteness. 
a hatred of sin, a fear of God. Does this man sound like he has checked any of those seven boxes? I'm not afraid to stand alone or by myself because I have evidence and proof. Here it comes. Throughout the entire year of 2020, I never one time mentioned tithing. And we talked about giving out of your heart, giving out of worship, giving out of your heart. And the people I've talked to have prospered and this ministry has prospered like I have never seen it before. Well, then, maybe my cynicism is warranted. I used to teach give 10% so you can get in the flow of the blessing. Now I'm teaching give from your heart, then you'll get blessed. Um, it's the same old song, just a slightly different verse. Amen. Could it be that once we got out from under the law and got involved in grace-based giving, that God was able to now allow us to walk in the blessing by faith? Ah. You people have been been languishing regarding your finances and health because you were under the law that I imposed on you. You weren't getting blessed because you were giving because of the law you're commanded to. What I'm telling you now is you give out of the abundance of your heart, then you're going to get rich. Then you're going to be in the flow. Then God can bless you as if God couldn't bless you before. Sorry. I would love to be hopeful that Creflo Dollar is a changed man. He shows zero marks of genuine biblical repentance. Zero out of seven. I don't expect them to be perfect signs of repentance. We shouldn't expect that it happens that second. But he's had two years now to change his tune on this. Since 2020, he's been teaching this. He's had two years to be genuinely repentant, and he has not exhibited a single mark of biblical repentance. Furthermore, it appears that he's just setting up people to be under the law again and then blasphemously telling people, this is actually about grace. Ooh. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. A school board director in Washington State is advertising a summer sex ed workshop for children as young as nine years old. And that's not even the sickest part of the story. The workshops, they're not taking place at any school facility. No, no, no. They are taking place at a sex shop, which coincidentally is owned by this same school board director. Honestly, come on, does anyone actually find this to be something that's positive or helpful or legal? According to the event listing, the workshops are for children aged 9 to 13 and 13 to 18 with topics that vary for developmental appropriateness. The only appropriate thing would be to shut this nonsense down. The governor of Virginia, that would be one Glenn Youngkin, said over the weekend that he intends to throw his support behind a 15-week abortion ban following the Roe v. Wade decision. Youngkin would not say if he would ever approach a total abortion ban, but only that he believed a 15-week threshold was the right place to start. And when asked about his previous actions to ban CRT in Virginia's public school system, Youngkin said that it was vital that children are taught all of our history, but privilege bingo isn't something he supports. And quite frankly, that's exactly what CRT is. 
The Supreme Court in Wisconsin ruled last week that a transgender sex offender could not change his legal name because the law expressly forbids sex offenders from changing their names, which makes perfect sense to me, but somehow it doesn't seem to make sense for everyone. The man's legal name was not given in the story because the incident he was charged with involved juveniles, including himself. His victim was a 14-year-old autistic boy. The sex offender's attorneys claimed that denying the name change constituted as cruel and unusual punishments. And one justice involved in the ruling said the decision does not stop him from dressing in women's clothing or wearing makeup. But it's cruel and unusual punishment, according to the man and his attorneys. You know, I bet the 14-year-old that he sexually assaulted and then bullied afterward also thought his treatment was cruel and unusual punishment. But I guess we're not going to talk about that. And speaking of this transgender craze, nothing should come as a surprise to any of us. It's being reported that officials at Johns Hopkins University told staff that their health insurance now covers an expanded range of gender-affirming care, including voice therapy, facial reconstructive surgery, and also the university's IT has been overhauled to allow their chosen names and pronouns on ID badges. You know, it really doesn't shock me to see these things anymore. And I lament over that because this is an utterly foolish thing, but it is also the world making worldly decisions. And I'm just not surprised. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. The book of Judges covers Israel's history from the death of Joshua to just before the reign of King Saul. The reoccurring phrase is, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. When Israel rebelled, God allowed their enemies to triumph. But when Israel cried out to God, he raised up a deliverer. God is faithful even when his people are not. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Sorry to be a wet blanket, but it is one of my spiritual gifts. This is Wretched Radio. Jordan B. Peterson, the famous psychologist from Toronto, whose claim to fame was bucking the Canadian government, informing them, you cannot put words in my mouth. You cannot make me use pronouns that other people insist on. That is forced speech, and it launched him into the stratosphere of social media. Millions and millions and millions and millions of views because he's articulate. He's interesting. He's a captivating fellow. He's clearly smart. And recently, he's been making claims about Christianity and his newfound understanding about Jesus Christ. And yet, we haven't heard a clear articulation of the true gospel of grace. Instead, he continues to talk about Jesus Christ through a Jungian filter, and he says many things that are right, and framed and phrased in an interesting fashion. And yet, might I suggest to you, we do not fully embrace Jordan Peterson for his teachings, for his theology, and for his political activism. He is going to gain even more traction now that he is a part of the Daily Wire. That announcement was made, I think, about a week ago at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. Been there. Wow! Those padded pews aren't very comfortable. 
They held a conference and announced Jordan Peterson is now going to be a part of Daily Wire, and people went ballistic. And I suspect a lot of those people were Christians, because a lot of Christians really like Jordan, because a lot of young men tend to listen to him and at least get some sound thinking in some areas of life. And yet, I would like to suggest we might want to think really long and hard about our endorsement of Jordan Peterson, because what he teaches about Jesus is aberrant. What he teaches about Christianity is still wrong. Do we want this man to get saved? Of course we do. We want everybody to get saved. He could be a powerhouse for the faith, but he's not there. And yet a lot of Christians give him a big hug and consume pretty much everything he teaches. Recently, Jordan Peterson with Matt Ru- with Matt uh, Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin. <laughs> Close enough. I think Matt's his brother. With Dave Rubin, who is a conservative, formerly a liberal, now conservative, politically, but more libertarian because he's a gay man who is now, air quote, married, and they've adopted, I think, two children. Jordan Peterson has been touring with him, and he sat down to talk with him. And what you're going to hear from Jordan is a lot of affirming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Very glad for you, Matt's brother. Very happy that you get to do what you're doing. And a lot of Christians are downloading Jordan Peterson knowledge. If you would have said to me 10 years ago that I'd be having this conversation publicly, first off, that, mm-hmm. I'd, be, that I'd be married, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have believed you. That I'd have be having kids, I wouldn't have believed you. That I would be willing to talk about this or even right. someone that even someone that someone else might look to to help map it for them, I'd say you were completely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not really something, you know, I'd rather talk about politics. I'd rather talk about the you culture know, wars important. and well, all this, of these other things. This is a political but issue a, too, yes. because we're trying to sketch out a pathway, I suppose. I mean, our culture appears to have decided that gay marriage is, well, I don't know if acceptable is the right word. It's become part of the structure of marriage itself. Well, then, does that sound like a man who is informed fully by the Bible? No. And yet, Jordan Peterson, he is an awfully popular guy in Christian circles. LifeSite News, they were the ones who alerted us to this sit-down interview between Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin, titled Gay Parenting, Promise and Pitfalls demonstrates homosexuality and homosexual marriage have conquered nearly all conservative elites. This is not the first time we've heard somebody who appears to be on our, say, conservative political side start getting all squishy about marriage. Do you remember? Ah, what's what's the name of the guy? Uh, Matt Rubin. No, that's not it. Uh, Charlie Kirk. Also, hey, Man, welcome welcome to the big tent of republicanism. Uh-oh. These are conservatives now espousing at least an acquiescence on the subject of marriage for political expediency because that's what's motivating it and cultural pressure. By the way, just to correct Jordan Peterson, uh, I'm not sure what poll you're reading. That's not how things become law or not law. It was seven years ago when the Supreme Court rendered a very bad decision, thank you, John Roberts, on the Obergefell case, which then, because we seem to be a bit confused about the three branches of government, was a federal approval that gay marriage is okay 
and a state can't go against the federal government. By the way, there's another case that is soon to be handed down by the Supreme Court that could be a real big one. It is about agencies in Washington having their wings clipped a bit, that they are, they've just become too big. They've got their own court systems, which is against the Constitution. They are acting as these autonomous branches with too much authority. And if the Supreme Court stays consistent with the way it's acting, unless, of course, John Roberts goes rogue again, they're going to they're going to be trimmed with their authority and more states rights will be the way that we go about deciding what does my state say about the subject that's going to be a big deal from lifesite news he said this is a political issue we're trying to sketch out a pathway peterson is waving an enormous white flag of surrender. He casually tossed the definition of marriage into the dustbin of history, claiming that marriage is the union of two people, not a man and a woman, two people, nonchalantly trashed civilization's understanding of nature and biology and the understanding of every society and religion around the world for thousands of years. Sorry to be a wet blanket, but we need to be discerning with a winsome guy like Jordan Peterson. I like him. I Don't know that he'd take my call. Okay, he won't. But I've been wanting to reach out to him to explain the true gospel, to explain that the Bible isn't just a helpful book for navigating life, but it is the word of life that reveals the genuine Savior who genuinely lived, Jesus Christ. I'm not even sure that Jordan yet believes that Jesus Christ actually lived on this planet. Last time I heard him, and now this goes back maybe about a year, he was, he was merely the archetype that we need to look to to understand how we're supposed to sacrifice, how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to love, how to be the ubermensch. It's found in Jesus Christ, whether he existed or not. Oof, that is not a rock-solid foundation. But as long as we are talking about entertainment news, did you see the new movie Thor? Did you catch that bad boy? I, I caught the trailer for it, which I also don't get. I do not understand why so many Christians dig this. He's a demigod. He, he's not just a superhero. He's a god. That's the way that they portray him. And apparently he's really woke. He's really a pro-gay. Apparently the rocks are gay and they have lava babies. I, I don't understand how that works. I know that the movie, because I've read the reviews, it mocks Christianity, and yet we pay money to go see it. It is another sign in our culture of the crumbling of Western foundations that have been informed by the Bible. It is all around it. I, 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 I can, I've got the stories one after another that, that, that we are seeing a pass on a worldview that is destructive. Have you been following monkeypox? Have you have you read why that that nasty little virus is transmitted? 99% of the cases are from gay men who participated in activities that the Bible prohibits. And because of that, they are not experiencing a lot of fun. They're experiencing lesions, apparently all kinds of um uh, let's just say problems that 
that accompany monkeypox because of behavior. And yet you've got Thor, you've got Jordan Peterson, you've got Charlie Kirk saying to those people, congratulations, you can now get married. And shame on those Christians for making you feel bad about yourselves. That is the new conservatism. That is the new Republican Party. That is the new way the cultural elites are thinking. And it is absolutely contrary to biblical values. And you might just want to start thinking about what you're going to do when the Republican Party affirms gay marriage. Because it's coming. And these people, including Jordan Peterson, Charlie Kirk, Thor, who are trying to encourage behavior that promotes and causes monkeypox, they're not being nice. And yet we're the ones who are accused of being cruel and terrible and awful. Genuine kindness is, oh, please stop. It's, it's destructive behavior. Please stop. Repent. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. You not only do you not want to experience monkeypox, you don't want to experience an eternity in a lake of sulfur. True kindness means telling the truth. This is Wretched Radio. The war for life is not over. The war for life has just begun. Dan Steiner from preborn.org slash wretched. Our partner clinic in um, Buffalo, New York, is firebombed. A clinic in Longmont, Colorado also was burned. And so this is the essence of who we are as Christians. We war not against flesh and blood. The implication is that we are, in fact, at war, and we are. The war for life rages on state by state, city by city, block by block, woman by woman. Would you please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched, providing free ultrasounds, providing counseling, providing parental training, providing Similac, providing clothes, providing diapers, and offering them the good news of the gospel. We are at war for life. Please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. What's the one question you think we get the most here at Wretched? It's why do you guys do what you do? And we thought the best person to answer that question was you. Wretched Radio has just really brought me closer to God. Wretched has changed my life. Wretched Radio, you all have done a great job at really bringing joy into our lives. Our goals have always been to preach the gospel to equip people to preach the gospel and to strengthen the local church. And when we hear testimonies from real people just like you, we are encouraged. My life will never be the same because of you guys. Through your video, God saved me. Wretched Radio, you encouraged me to walk with the Lord. And we know we would never be able to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel if it weren't for the support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider partnering with Wretched to save the lost and reach millions of people with the gospel? Just log on to wretched.org slash donate to get all of the information you could ever want to know about becoming a gospel partner. That's wretched.org slash donate. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared 
among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable, biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the Advocate. When we as God's redeemed people sin, Jesus is our Advocate before the Father. It is on the basis of Christ's righteousness that we are saved, not our own works. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Come on down! This is Wretched Radio. This game show is just for you, my non-Christian friend. That's right. Typically, Jimmy represents the tens and tens of people listening to this here Wretched Radio program. But today, we're playing a new game just for unbelievers titled, How's That Working Out For You? That's right. How are your worldviews working out for you? And I hope, I truly hope that you will see that worldviews have consequences. If you're looking at the society and going, zoink, Scoob, the thing is just devolving. It's it's crumbling. This is too much for me, somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. You've got to ask yourself the question why, and the answer is found in cult. That's right. What is the predominant cult that informs the culture? What is the worldview that motivates politicians to make the legislation they do? for justices to vote the way that they do, to render verdicts the way that they do. How? Where's it all coming from? It's the predominant worldview. And right now, the predominant worldview in Western civilization is anything but Christian. And incidentally, I just read, if you happen to be Australian, things aren't looking so great down under either. That in Australia, things are changing radically there, very, very similar to the way things that are changing here in the U.S. of A., where marriage is down, families down, religion down, Christianity down. All of it is on the decline because in Western civilization, the church, which should be the predominant cult because we have the most outposts, isn't. And my question for you is, if you don't adhere to a Christian worldview, how's it working out for you? Now, I grant you, historically, because Christians are still sinners, when our society was more informed by Christian ideologies, there were some things that didn't happen right, that didn't go very well, that were downright bad. We've got to admit that. But overall, we saw a nation rise to the highest level of human flourishing in the history of the planet, and that's about 6,000 years old. Oh, by the way, speaking of 6,000 years old, did you see the Ark story on Fox News? They got a really nice piece of the Ark encounter. I suspect the woman who did it was Roman Catholic. She didn't quite clarify on that, but I found it fascinating. The setup piece for the Ark encounter, which you need to go to with your family, you just, you gotta go. The people on the Fox panel we're introducing the piece and said, oh, the ark, Noah's ark, 
one of the most beloved stories in the Bible. Hold the phone. Um, the Ark is actually a story about judgment, destruction, and death. It's not a cute tale about some giraffes in a bathtub floating around in the middle of a pond. It's the story of God destroying the world, but eight people as a picture of the gospel. That's what Noah's Ark is about. Nevertheless, the story was really nice. They let the fellow, I think his name was Brian, who gave the tour, did a nice job, and they showed off that you will be learning the biblical understanding of the flood. They raved about it. You should go. If you haven't, you really need to go. Whether you watch this Fox News piece or not, please get yourself to the Ark Encounter. How's this working out for you, my non-Christian friend? Cannabis. That's right. Cannabis. How's that working out for you? And the answer is, it's not working out well at all. There was a lengthy article that was written in the Daily Mail, which is a British publication, and they call it a public nightmare in California. That the cannabis dream, cannabis dream has become a public health nightmare. Spiraling addiction, psychotic illnesses, hospitals facing a deluge of poisonings. Dr. Ronit Lev, emergency doctor at Scripps Mercy Hospital in San Diego, said we've been seeing problems for a while now. Depressive breakdowns, psychosis, suicidal thoughts, all related to cannabis. These are regular people, not down and outs. Why? Because it's legal in California to get high. We used to think that was stupid. Now we celebrate it. And how is that working out for our culture? I want people to know the truth about this drug, said the doc. We've been sold a lie that cannabis use is harmless and even has a multitude of health benefits. It is exactly the same as what happened with tobacco. The industry told the public it was good for their health at first before it was proven to be deadly. We've already got the proof that marijuana is bad. Hello, Paging Cheech and Paging Chong. We got it. You were a pothead. You were a stoner. That marijuana we always observe doesn't make somebody a Rhodes Scholar. It takes them in a totally different direction. In California, hospital admissions for cannabis-related complications have shot up. Ufta from 1,400 cases in 2005 to 16,000 cases in 2019. In California and the other really, really dumb states that have legalized cannabis, rates of addiction are nearly 40% higher than states without it. That's from Columbia University. Recreational marijuana users were 25% more likely to end up needing emergency hospital treatment. I'm working on this theory, and I'm trying to our kind of assemble my thoughts on how our current culture views anthropology, uh, how we think about human beings. And it seems that the rise of the autonomous self is manifested in so many areas these days. Uh, the autonomous self meaning that I'm the most important thing in the universe. That means family. That means culture. Uh, that that means work. Uh, that means drug use. All of it has changed now so that I can do whatever I want to do. I don't have a connection to family. I, I don't have any responsibilities to my kinsmen. 
I don't have any sort of obligation to my state or to my nation or to my church or to God. I'm me. You know what? I, I could end the whole pronoun debate. Everybody's talking about what pronouns that we were using. Well, here, here's, here's the pronouns for everybody on the planet these days. Three of them. Me, myself, I. And I think autonomous self has to do with these lax policies on marijuana. You got to let people do what they want to do. Let them make their own decisions. Don't, didn't, don't we hear that argument regarding Roe v. Wade? It's my body. It's my autonomous self. Bodily autonomy is the argument. And I believe that it is being foisted into every realm. And the implications from it indicate, yikes! Is it causing problems? And it's not kindness because autonomous self drives our worldview regarding human flourishing. We define human flourishing as letting people do whatever they want to do. You, you, you can take your own life if, if you want to. You can end your life on your own terms. You, 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 you. With no concern for others. No concern for how this might impact the people that love me and live around me. And I think that these lax laws on marijuana are yet another demonstration of the rise of the autonomous self. Just ordered that book from Carl Truman. Looking forward to reading it. I want to get my thoughts put together before I read it, just to, just to make sure that Carl got it right. <laughs> That's how I tend to read books. That guy. This is California hospital admissions. The other 18 states that have legalized it. Rates of addiction are nearly 40% higher. Recreational marijuana users, more likely to end up in an emergency room. It is not good. The black market has grown by nearly 100%. Remember, that was all going to stop once the government got involved. Bootleggers sell products at lower prices, undercutting the registered shops. Last month, a major review of 25 studies concluded there was insufficient evidence for the long-term pain-relieving effects of cannabis. And isn't that always the camel's nose under the tent? Medical marijuana. As for mental health, a 2020 review by the University of Melbourne concluded the evidence is too weak to prove cannabis helps anxiety, depression, or insomnia. Scientists, remember, we worship science, right, my unbelieving friend? Scientists overwhelmingly conclude that frequent use of the drug is not worth the risk. And I thought this aspect of increased marijuana use was fascinating. It is a new malady they call scrometing, where people who smoke a lot of pot regularly, they, they start screaming and vomiting simultaneously. Linda Blair just called. She'd like her stick back. And it's happening a lot. And doctors are talking about it. It means screaming and violent vomiting, said Dr. Lev. I call it the audible cannabis condition because I hear the violent screams down the hall before I see the patient. He rarely used to see these situations. Now, that's being seen regularly. Scrometing. Is that really the best we can do for people? Maybe it's time to say uh, this autonomous self-godless experiment has borne enough fruit to demonstrate it is a train wreck. It is a worldview that takes people to the land of destruction. And we need to consider why it is that so many things are not just looking foreign these days, but are absolutely abominable and hurting people. Could it be? It's because the religion of autonomous self has risen to be the predominant cult of our culture. 
Ain't that a shame? How's it working out for you, my unbelieving friend? Until tomorrow, go serve your king.